Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers fans of the nfl shield fans of chiefs kingdom fantasy football players anybody i might have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 105 of the talking the line podcast and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 18th, 2021. Now, I know you saw the title. I know you just heard me. We're talking everything Chiefs today, going into 2021. But before we give you the full season preview, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the talking the line podcast on if you are watching on youtube hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl content dropping but if you are watching on or listening rather on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already because we do release the audio of the show after every live episode is over next item up on the docket if you could be so kind and you got a couple extra seconds please hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating jump in the live chat if you are watching us live all that good stuff we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least head on over to this episode's description where you will find the talking the line link tree within that link tree you'll see talkingtheline.com our website where you'll find everything ttl but you also see our additional content and our social platforms so that all being said you can consume it however and whenever you please from one central location ladies and gentlemen <laughs> beautiful gambling people nfl fans <laughs> Fantasy football players, Kansas City Chiefs fans, TTL faithful, everybody in between. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka. And once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast today. We got a good show cooked up for you uh, right on tap. But before we get going with that, I got to bring in the second half of that aforementioned we. I need my partner on the show so we can uh, dissect, maybe have a little bit of banter, maybe have a little bit of disagreements. You can't always listen to my opinions. We need somebody else here, too. So without further ado, let's bring in the White Sox diehard, the Green Bay Factor. Fackers. The Green Bay Packers cheesehead himself. Don't you give me that look. You know where I lie. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. 
Partner, how you doing over there? My man, in one ear, out the other. I am doing fantastic. My Green Bay Packers are ready to get this season rocking and rolling. They are on this team schedule that we'll be talking about today. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this team. How couldn't you? The, the two-time defending AFC champions going to be tough to repeat that feat once again as it is historically in the NFL but uh you know this team might just be historically great so I'm excited to dive into this team my friend sure enough we have uh plenty to discuss plenty to talk about everything in between in relation to the Chiefs now uh yesterday we covered the Jacksonville Jaguars if you missed any of that hey just peruse on back to episode number 104 after we get done here with episode number 105 and you'll get everything we have covered Almost halfway through every NFL team so far, we are on the 16th NFL Special Edition. Um, having an absolute blast doing it, mm-hmm. getting ready for the NFL season. Uh, my knowledge feels off the charts. I don't know about you, partner, yep. and uh, I hope that you guys are getting the value out of this as well uh, because I am ready to get back to business as usual and sure cash in NFL tickets. But That all being said, what do we got on today's show? Well, as always, if you uh, haven't been around before, we got the full lineup breakdown. We'll be talking offense and defense and the coaching staff. We'll give you all of our opinions, the 2021 outlook, and then uh, the full lineups, everything on that end. We'll also look at their full schedule. I'll break it down week by week for you, and then we'll give you our predictions across the boards for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2021. Then speaking of boards... We're a sports gambling show, so we're going to be giving you a full betting preview as well. Plenty of value on the Chiefs, but I suggest you tune into that because there might not be as much value as you think. However, we'll wrap everything up with the fourth and final segment of the day. Start, stash, or pass our best fantasy advice because we have been in the same league for the better part of a decade and uh, playing fantasy football for well over a decade now. So, that's all on tap today. With that all being said, partner, any uh, late-breaking news, anything I missed left out here before I get this show steaming down the tracks? No, sir. I think we're ready to rock. All right. Without further ado, my friends, today's team of the day is the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom. You know it. Arrowhead Stadium. Now back to full capacity in 2021, and I believe that is going to play large into the Kansas City Chiefs schedule this year. However, we got plenty of time to talk all about that, but before we get into the first segment of the day, my friends, as always, morning cheers to you. Morning cheers to you, partner. Quick little swig of the French vanilla creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Mm. Didn't know I was like that up in here. Ooh, that's a good cup of joe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get with it. Strap in. We got a loaded show coming at you right now. First segment of the day, the entire team breakdown for those aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs. As always, starting things off on the offensive side of the ball, and I'll get things going here with the key offensive losses, then kick it over to my partner for the key additions. Now, as far as the offensive losses go, quite a few names. They uh, let go 12 guys, uh, 13 guys in general. I'll tell you all about them. Uh, Let two running backs go of note. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, he's still floating around in free agency. And then Damian Williams, who is now on my Bears. Loved what I saw from him in preseason week one. Can't wait to see how they utilize him going throughout the season. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end, out of town. Also, Deion Edler, out of town. 
both tight ends, but obviously we know Travis Kelsey being on this team. That's not uh, the most notable thing uh, here with offenses being uh, out of town. Eric Fisher, left tackle, is gonzo. Mitchell Swartz, right tackle, dunzo. Uh, Kalichi Osamele, left guard, and Stefan Wisniewski, left guard. Both those guys are out of town. Austin Ryder, center, and Daniel Kilgore, center. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about center as well. They brought in uh, two new guys. Interested to see what happens there. Anthony Sherman, the old dog, fullback, finally retires from the NFL. He's out of there. And then Sammy Watkins, uh, we all know he went to Baltimore. We already talked a little bit about him. So he's out of Kansas City as well. That does it for all the key losses. Uh, just so I tell you correctly, 3, 6, 9, 12 in general. It was not 13. It was 12. Mm -hmm. I was right, right off the bat. So 12 guys right. out of Chiefs Kingdom. Partner, who do they backfill the guys they let go with? All righty. So they did a decent job of backfilling those spots. As you mentioned, they did a very good job of backfilling those offensive line uh, departures there. Uh, starting with the running back room, they did bring in Jarek McKinnon, uh going to be probably the third running back could see himself uh finding that second running back spot over daryl williams we shall see michael burton at fullback we'll see if they use him similarly to how they use anthony sherman obviously you just said that he's out of town uh, but a couple of the bigger ones, they brought in Joe Thune, left guard, previously with the Patriots, and they brought in Orlando Brown, trade from the Ravens. Both of those guys are going to be major factors for this offensive line. Uh, aside from that, they also bring in Blake Bell, tight end, going to be second or third tight end. Uh, not a huge factor. He's been on five different teams, including Kansas City in 2019. Uh, back then, he played uh, 15 games, only had eight catches, so not really a big factor in the pass-catching uh side of things there could be a nice blocker when he does see the field you mentioned partner centers they brought in austin blythe uh going to be competing for that number one spot and he's going to be competing with uh now moving into the draft picks here their second round pick creed humphrey center out of oklahoma as it stands right now i was seeing some practice rumors from these this past week that Humphrey is actually taking snaps with that first team offense. Uh, so that was their biggest pickup in the draft, at least on the offensive side of things. Next few picks they made on the offensive side of the ball, fifth round tight end Noah Gray out of Duke. I mentioned uh, Blake Bell could be competing for the second and third spot. He's going to be competing with Noah Gray for those second spots. And then Cornell Powell out of Clemson, wide receiver in the fifth round, should be that fifth uh, fifth wide receiver for them this year. We shall see. I have not heard how he's doing in camp quite yet. And then lastly, six-round offensive guard, they pick up Trey Smith out of Tennessee. Could be actually moving himself into the lineup if Kyle Long sees him extended time out of the rotation. So that could be a potential weak spot with a six-round rookie coming in there, but we'll talk about that in a second here. But that about does it for the offensive additions here, partner. All right, so you know who they lost, you know who they got. Let's tell you about some stats from 2020 before we get all the way into 2021. Now, as far as some key stats go, Offensively, the Chiefs averaged 6.3 yards per play last year. They rushed the ball on 37.43% of their plays and passed on 62.57. Uh, across the board, obviously, Mahomes missed a few games with injury. They had a completion percentage of 66.49%. Third downs, they converted at a 48.02 clip. And in the red zone, they converted at a 58.90 clip. So actually, you would think third down and red zone might be a little bit higher from the Chiefs, and I do expect it to improve just a little bit. Obviously, the red zone being almost right at 60, you can't improve all too much, but 
I would beg to differ. Mm -hmm. I think you can improve a little bit upon that, and I think that that is going to be one of the focuses of Andy Reid's offense here this year. But uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second in the outlook. Let me tell you about uh, the projected starters here. My partner mentioned it. Uh, Obviously, there's a little bit of competition going on throughout this offensive line, Mm -hmm. so it might change from what I tell you, but this is kind of looking like what it's going to be. Uh, Offensive line here, Orlando Brown Jr., left tackle. They picked him up out of Baltimore. That's absolutely huge for them on the left side. You mentioned him, Joe Thune out of New England. Great pickup on the left side as well. Competition you mentioned between Austin Blythe and then the uh, new guy coming in, Creed uh, Humphrey. Mm -hmm. Those two guys are kind of running it out. Looks like Humphrey might edge him out for the starting job, but Blythe is also a very solid uh, offensive lineman in himself. Kyle Long obviously injured, so not too certain who's going to take that position quite as of yet, but you also mentioned uh, some of the guys taking those first-round reps. And then uh, quite possibly Remmers as well uh, on the right side, but that, again, is another uh, position right now that is up kind of for debate. So right now the right side of the line is kind of in a competition. The left side of the line, if you will, is pretty cemented in, and if you want to include the center and the right side sure. of the line that's uh that's kind of where it all is in competition now obviously you have their tight end lockdown for the foreseeable future travis kelsey now beardless mm. for the 2021 mm. season very interesting we'll see if that comes back or not uh patty mahomes quarterback we all know that it's patrick i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> patrick mahomes uh qb1 obviously chad henney backing him up once again we have ceh clyde edwards Alaire. Uh, manning this backfield, getting the majority of the workload, but they did retain Daryl Williams, and you mentioned it, brought in Jarek McKinnon. I don't know how much work uh, McKinnon's going to get, but I do think that Williams will get a significant amount of the goal line work because CEH just could not get the ball in in the goal line last year. Hopefully he improves upon that this year, especially from a fantasy perspective, but we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. Then as far as the wide receiver room goes, obviously you got Cheetah coming back, Tyreek Hill, uh, Demarcus Robinson on the opposite side of him. Would love to see some improvement from him. He's shown some flashes in the past, but just not as consistent as you would like. Same can be said, though, about Miko Hardman in mm-hmm. the slot. He could definitely have a lot more uh, games where he could be putting up 60, 70, 80, 90, consistent, consistent, consistent. I know Cheetah and Kelsey take a lot of those sure. doggone uh, receptions, but still, they could see a lot of improvement this year. So that does it across the board. Um, they also have Byron Pringle and uh, Powell uh, potentially looking might go into a wide receiver spot. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen there, but obviously we know they have their three core. It looks like they're going to stick with them. Right. So in my opinion, uh, before you let me know and them know what you're thinking here, partner, I think that we see the same Kansas City Chiefs offense we have for the last three years. Um, There are a few key areas that they can improve upon, and I think that they do so. Um, I won't necessarily go all the way through all of that nonsense because it would take another hour and a half. However... The few areas that they can improve upon are very, very nitpicky, and obviously you would expect that with being a championship-level team like this. In my mind, they're going to be right around the average of 28, 35 points a game. Once again, it's going to be no problem for them. The biggest factor we saw was when uh, in the Super Bowl that uh, this offense wasn't successful when Patrick Mahomes got severely pressured. Well, offensive lines back in full health. Obviously, we got a little bit of competition, so that's always good if there's competition. That means there's some solid guys on that offensive line, so I don't think they have to worry about that this year. Patty Mahomes gets plenty of drop-back opportunities, can do his 30-yard drop-back straight, run around 15 yards in either direction, and then find Cheetah down the middle for an 80-yard touchdown. So 
that's my opinion on the Kansas City offense this year. Partner, how you feeling in general for 2021? Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly right in line with you. There's really, we like you kind of basically said it. We really don't have to waste time talking about Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Those three guys are going to be the same three guys that we've seen and have seen dominate for the last few years and a few of them for the last five to six years. So sure. that's not going to change. But I mean, you mentioned it, that offensive line, they look healthy. The two guys that they brought in on the left side, they should be very, very solid. That's obviously uh, for this offense, the more important side of things. I'm a little concerned of the injuries that we've seen, you know, a sixth, sixth round running um, right guard possibly slotting in there. I'm a little concerned about that, but I think they'll figure it out kind of as you mentioned. Really, the X factor for me is if uh, CEH can pick things up in the passing game. Uh, as far as EPA estimated, estimated points added uh, per play. He had a negative uh, negative number when he was uh, targeted, so I need that to go positive. And if that is the case, you know, then this offense unlocks a whole new level that we didn't even know exists, and that's terrifying for the rest of the NFL. So I, you know, as a fan of someone else, I hope that doesn't happen. As a fan of great football, I do hope that happens because he is electrifying, and like you said, it doesn't come in the goal line. He's not effective running it straight through the tackles. So I think they know his strengths, and they're going to find ways to utilize him in the correct ways because he is very dangerous. But aside from that, obviously, if you can get some production from Robinson and Hardman, at least consistently, like you mentioned, then you know that unlocks a whole new, uh, a whole new extra level. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, a lot of those guys are there to take the top off the defense and create these opportunities for the other guys. But you know, for the most part, like you said, it is going to be the same offense that we've seen for the last couple of years. It's just a matter of uh, you know injury health is really the biggest factor in my opinion here. Yeah, no question. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, running back passing efficiency or pass game efficiency, mm-hmm. rather, because that is one of the keys that they do need to right. improve upon this year. Uh, actually, Warren Sharp wrote pretty heavily on that as something that uh, he needs to see improve as well. Um, obviously, it's nitpicking. Obviously, it wasn't terrible, but they do need to improve upon that in the long run here. And then outside of that, also uh, kind of mentioned the red zone. The red zone is going to be big for them as well. You would like to see them a little bit higher with it, obviously as high powered of an offense yep. that they have. So those are the couple areas for them to improve upon, but we keep saying it. This is going to be the cookie cutter Kansas City Chiefs offense that we have known to come come to know and love at this point in the game. Or hate, depending on who you are. That too, but put a cap on it across the board. Probably hate being you yeah. a Packers fan. But know. Uh, quarterback come in as the number one ranked unit in the league per SFA. Obviously, you can't argue with that. Having Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney has been able to step up in time to time when Patrick Mahomes has gone out with injury. Offensive line, sixth ranked unit in the league per SFA. I would agree with that. I definitely think that they have uh, opportunity to even get into the top three. It looks like with this competition that they're going to have plenty of solid guys to choose from across the board. Running backs, not as highly ranked 20th unit in the league right now. Obviously, you have plenty of room to improve upon that. Right. But obviously, with the lack of passing efficiency out of that room, uh, the lack of some of the goal line work from CEH and goal line production and the touchdowns, that's obviously going to lead to a little bit of question marks and give them that well-deserved middle-of-the-pack rating. But once again, chance to improve. I think they could even get into the top 10. Receiver unit doesn't need much question. Obviously, uh, this comes a lot. Uh, this ranking of third unit in the league comes a lot from having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those other guys are a little bit of a question mark, but I think we see improvements uh, from Hardman this year, and not only Hardman, also on the opposite side of him, uh, I think we see improvements from Robinson as well. So we'll see how everything goes, but that is the rankings kind of uh, forecasted looking into 2021 for the offense. 
Quickly, let's hop into the defensive side of the ball here, my friend, and let's take a look. As always, if you'd be so kind, kick things off for us here. Tell myself and the kind folks out there, what's some key defensive losses for the Kansas City Chiefs going into 2021? All right, so they lost a handful of depth here. Nothing that's going to slap you in the face and make you too concerned here, but they did lose a few guys that played a lot of games last year. Antonio Hamilton, defensive back, played 16 games for him last year. Damian Willie, uh, excuse me, Damian Wilson, linebacker, played 13 games. Tano uh, Passagnan, I apologize, that is not going to come out of my mouth correctly there. He came into 16 games off the edge last year. Uh, Alex Okafor off the edge played 11 games as well. Bashad Breeland, cornerback, played 11 games. That's probably the bigger loss of this defense. To no Pasaganon. To no Pasaganon. Okay, Mike Pinnell, <laughs> interior defensive line, played 14 games as well. A lot of depth here off the top of things. Uh, as I mentioned, Bashad Breeland in that cornerback spot was one of their bigger losses. But aside from that, you know, they filled some of these holes. And, uh, you know, like I said, none of these guys are going to make you too concerned as far as losing a partner. No, no question about that. Obviously, they were a little bit more offensive heavy in the draft and in free agency. Correct. But they still did bring a few guys in uh, defensively. They didn't lose all too many guys of importance, as you said. Mm -hmm. So, Jaron Reed, uh, interior defensive lineman, brought him in on a $5.5 million deal. Mike Hughes picked him up in a trade. It looks like they're going to slot him in immediately, uh, no pun intended, at slot corner. And then also uh, Will, Pro Will Parks, they brought him in safety, but uh, he's in on under a million-dollar contract, so very little minimal cap hit and very low-risk, high-reward potential there mm -hmm. uh, with Will Parks. More of a depth add. Obviously, they have great safeties. We'll talk about them here sure. in a minute. And then in the draft, they brought in Nick Bolton, uh, linebacker out of Mizzou. Mizzou, I think he has potential to work into this depth chart, maybe top of the depth chart, very early. He had a great career at Mizzou, and I think he has a great NFL career here with the Chiefs. Also, uh, Josiah Kendo, defensive end out of Florida State. Can't tell you all too much about him, but obviously more depth at the defensive line position mm -hmm. never hurts. So there you go. Five guys in general, either uh, trade, free agency, or out of the draft on defense. Now, before we get into the 2021 outlook, tell you about the lineup and what we're thinking we see from them. As far as their 2020 key stats, the Kansas City Chiefs allowed opponents to average 5.6 yards per play. They had their opponents completing around a 62.75% completion. On third down, uh, they allowed components components opponents to convert at a 40.53 clip and in the red zone yikes they allowed their opponents to score at a 72.88 percent clip so much like the offense needs to improve in the red zone the defense needs to improve in the opposite way in the red zone so that's a big thing here that we're going to need to see from them right off the bat you're just seeing that from 2020 stats now, as far as the defense goes, uh, starters are going to look kind of the same. It's going to look a little bit different across the board, but overall, you'll know a lot of these names. Uh, Mike Dana is going to be uh, defensive end on the right side, left side, however you want to look at it. And then Frank Clark opposite of him. Then you have Chris Jones and Derek Nandi on the inside. Look like they're going to get the starts. Willie Gay and Anthony Hitchens look like they're going to back up, round out the front seven. Uh, also told you that quite possibly uh, Bolton could get a position here sooner rather than later in this team or maybe give some much needed rest to Hitchens and Gay after they have some of their electric plays that we've come to know and love from mm -hmm. this defense as well. 
Speaking of electric plays, staying in the deep backfield, and he's really not a safety. He's about every position you could want him he to be, it. and that's Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. He's coming back once again. Uh, Thornhill uh, opposite of him in the deep backfield. Then you have the defensive backs. This is one of the top uh, defensive backs uh, or defensive back units, rather, in the league, in my opinion. Uh, they have Sneed, Hughes, and Ward uh, all rounding up the top of the depth chart. They have a solid depth chart as well. So if anything happens, I'm not too worried all about that. Um, I don't think they have crazy numbers as far as turnovers or production like that, but I do think they limit opposing offenses to very, very minimal yardage, yardage in my opinion. So that's what it looks like uh, defensive side of the ball uh, as kind of what the starters will be, uh, obviously, 2021. It sounds like across the board that Kansas City is really having a lot of competition uh, just all over the field, sure. whether it's defensive, offensive, what position it might be. So if you needed to be worried even more that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be a freaking powerhouse again this year uh well you got your answer they have plenty of depth they're having plenty of competitions and they have very few mistakes to correct as far as defense i don't think they have a whole lot of mistakes to correct they have only continued to improve we'll talk about them in a minute but steve spagnolo has made this defense look really really good over the last three years I think that continues. I think we see improvements. They signed a lot of these guys to long-term deals, and you know they did that for a reason because they're going to continue to produce. Right. Not really much you can say about the defense either because I think it's a lot of what we have seen once again over the last three years and those areas that you might need to see improvements, you're going to see them here this year. And I will save any breath that I'm going to want back on my deathbed because I think it's just going to be beating the same old drum. <laughs> yeah, I really can't add too much here, my man. I mean, kind of like you said earlier, this team, you know, it's not going to be a top five defense. That's going to be the reason they win all these games, but it's going to do enough to put this offense in a position to win a lot of games like they had the last few years and like they really have in the entire Andy Reid tenure here, whether it's Mahomes or not. And that's going to be a lot of what we see this year. You know, I don't love this entire defense on paper just some of these names but when you put them all together and you know kind of what i said they just do whatever they need to do to put this team in position to win games and put patrick mahomes in position whether it's him to close out those games or be down by a score with the last five minutes to go down and win him a game so like i said i can't add too much more to that chris jones is an absolute monster and uh you know i i've always been a massive honey badger fan so you know he could be in for a huge year this year he's been obviously a game wrecker his entire career but uh you know this might be the year that he's in the defensive player of the year, you know, right at the very end type of conversation, as opposed to just middle of the year and fades a little bit because someone else has a monster finish. He could be right there at the end of it this year. Wow. That's, uh, that's off the lofty from what we've seen a little from bit. Old Chris Jones the last few years. I uh, was actually kind of flipping through some of the defensive player of the year and I didn't even see him through the few. Oh, no, I was talking about that. Matthew. Honey Badger. Oh, uh, Tyrone Matthew. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard you say no, Chris sorry, Jones. Sorry. Chris Jones is a monster, but then I went into Matthew. Sorry. Nah, it's okay. All right. So Tyrone <laughs> Matthew. Now that could definitely be a possibility yeah, yeah. Uh, this year. Most most certainly. Uh, interested in that, but we'll talk maybe about that as well in the betting preview. To wrap up the defense, the key rankings courtesy of SFA one final time. Front seven comes ranked in as the 18th unit in the league and the secondary, the 15th ranked unit in the league. I believe both of those have plenty of opportunity to improve i just think it's a little bit tentative 
from what we've seen in the past. They got to improve in some key areas. And like Mag said, he's not uh, all too super high on a, some of these key players. So there's some guys who are definitely going to have to step up and alleviate those question marks in order for them to improve upon those rankings. Last but certainly not least, wrapping up the entire team breakdown. Let's talk quickly. Uh, just give you the coaching staff. It's going to be the same coaching staff. There's really not much we need to say about these guys because we know what we're getting at this point. Andy Reid coming in for year nine in Kansas City. Doesn't seem like it's been that long. But no, it holy doesn't. smokes, he already's been there nine years. You got Eric Bieniemy coming back, joining him for his fourth season, and then also Steve Spagnolo. He is uh, coming back for his fourth season. I apologize. Uh, he's entering his third season. I apologize. So he's entering his third season there. Uh, I always, <laughs> you updated the agenda. I always put the number of where they're at and then I always ah. say it forward. That's why I said that wrong. So there you go. There you have it. You know what, uh, you know what you're getting from Andy Reid, Biennemi and uh, Spagnolo. I mentioned to you off the show. I really thought that Biennemi was going to get a head coaching job right. this year. I was kind of envisioning him going to the Jets, but obviously they picked up Bob Sala. Obviously he stayed at home in Arrowhead and that's where we're going to see him for at least 2021. So great coaching staff. Not really much else I need to say about that. Correct. Outside of that, my friends, that puts a wrap on the full team breakdown. Offense, defense, and the coaching staff. You know them all. You know all of our thoughts, what we're getting. Let's get into the second segment of the day. The entire schedule breakdown. Weeks 1 through 18 now. Hope you haven't forgot. We got 18 weeks now. 17 full games. Well, let's get right into it. First things first, I will break it down week by week for you guys, and we'll dive into our predictions from the division, the main eight non-division games, and the three outside. So week one, man, I've talked about this a lot so far, mm -hmm. and I hate to say my opinions might be changing here. Uh, week one, they are in Arrowhead welcoming in the Brownies. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I think the Brownies got a little bit better shot than I originally anticipated. Then they go into Baltimore, play the Ravens in week two, got the Chargers in Arrowhead week three. Then they go back on the road to Philly, then come back to Arrowhead in week five against Buffalo. Two back-to-back -back games on the road in week six and seven against the football team and the Titans. Then they got two back-to-back -back games at home in week eight and nine against the Giants and Packers. Then they got the Raiders in Las Vegas in week 10 and week 11. They come back home for the Cowboys. So they're home away, home away, home away to start. And then week 12 is their bye. Come out of the bye, started at home in Arrowhead against the Broncos. Week 14, they welcome in the Raiders this time to Arrowhead. Then they go to SoFi Stadium, play the Chargers in Week 15, play the Steelers in Arrowhead in Week 16. Then Week 17, they go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't know offhand what their stadium is called. I should know that. And I don't then know the either. Broncos, uh, they go to Mile High uh, to finish out their season in Week 18. So that might be in my mind first thing that pops out of my head before we dive into the predictions chiefs might all have the division but wrapped up in uh that point in time in week 18 and uh broncos a little sneaky a mile high so Possibly. a little something for you to think about there but let's get right into it talking about division opponents why don't we just start things off our predictions for the kansas city chiefs 2021 record starting things off with the afc west division in my mind it is going to be incredibly hard for them not to go perfect once again um or somewhat close to that when it comes to the raiders in my mind right now i'm going to say they go 2-0 the chargers 
I believe that they split with the Chargers. I believe they get the early season one and then go on the road um, in week 15. That's a Thursday night football game. That could be a wild, wild Thursday night football game. So I'll say they'll split with the Chargers. And then the Broncos. I'm a little worried about the Broncos. Obviously, we saw them have a huge, huge start to their preseason defensively and offensively. So maybe not as much, but I don't think the Broncos can get it done against Pat Patrick Mahomes. I almost said Patty again. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I'll say 2-0 there again. Uh, so give me 5-1 and one for the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. Okay. I, uh, I also am right there with you on a split with the Chargers. Last year, I mean, the Chargers... A, they beat him in Week 17 without Patrick Mahomes, uh, so you can't really chalk that one up. But even Week 2 in L.A., it went to overtime, and the Chiefs barely pulled one out. So I think the Chargers, and I'm very high in the Chargers even more this year, I think the Chargers get one of those two games. I'm not going to pinpoint which of the two, but I do believe they will get one of them. As far as the Raiders, man, I think I'm right there with you on them getting both games, but this Raiders team, at least offensively, had some type of recipe for this Chiefs team. Beat yeah. them once, took them. Yeah. They lost 35. The Chiefs beat them 35-31 the second time. So, you know, I want to say the Chiefs get both games again this year. Or not again, because they split last year. But I, I'm honestly leaning towards a split, and that doesn't mean I'm high on the Raiders or anything. I just think they might have the right offensive recipe to beat, beat with them. And then as far as the Broncos, you know, that Week 18 game is just too hard to call because, like you said, the Chiefs could have it wrapped up. Weeks, uh, week 13 in Arrowhead off a of bye, I'm definitely giving that one to the Chiefs. But, you know, I'll say 4-2 and two, one way or another. I'll say 4-2 and two out of the division, whether that's a split with the Raiders or a split with the Broncos because they get to rest in Week 18, I'll say 4-2. and two. All right, four and two from you, five and one from me. So that's the AFC West. Now, I do lean a little four and two maybe potential split but i would definitely go five and one uh more in that ballpark uh i i just think i don't know the more i think about it now i just they could possibly flub something up week 18 they're looking past that and then that could push them to four and two so there's our thoughts let's keep it moving man oh man that's interesting stuff AFC North, uh, they have obviously everybody played there for uh, the first division out of their main division uh, out of the West. So I say they get the win over the Bengals, no problem. Mm -hmm. I think they get the win over the Steelers, no problem. And I've been beating the drums that the Brownies are not going to be able to get that week one lick back. And I think they do. I think they do. I know that game is played in Arrowhead, but I think they do. Oh, I just liked what I saw from them a lot, but honestly, the Chiefs losing game one of the season in Arrowhead just doesn't make any sense at all to me. So I will pass on that. I think that Baltimore can edge them out. I'll give them one and four, one way or, or one and three, one way or another in the AFC North. Three and one, you mean? Or, yes, three and one. Okay. I apologize. Uh, I will also go three and one. I am gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give the win to the Browns. I am right there with you. I'm gonna push you over the edge because I think that Browns defense might have the right recipe. As far as the Ravens, I do like the Ravens. However, during these uh, last three three years with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the Chiefs have really just had the Ravens number. Uh, not that they've dominated them necessarily, but they just know how to beat them at the end of the game. And I believe it's 3-0 and last three years against this Ravens team. So I'm going to give that one to the Chiefs. 
And then not really much hesitation. I'll give the Chiefs the wins over the Steelers and Bengals. Steelers, or Chiefs get the Steelers at home on a three-day rest advantage for the Chiefs. So I'm definitely giving them the edge on that one. I would probably still like it regardless. And then against the Bengals, definitely. So I'll go three and one with a split to start the season with the Browns and Ravens. All right. Well, uh, it's honestly interesting that uh, you slid on over to the Brownies with me as well. The Good def- thing we didn't the say defense is what I uh, is what I honestly yeah. kind of told you what I was thinking there as well. So, uh, one way or another, either the Ravens or the Browns. I don't know, yeah, but they're fair. definitely going to be three and one. Uh, we'll talk about it here shortly in the betting preview. But week two, they're a pick 'em against Baltimore, and they're favored by six and a half points against Cleveland. So you be the judge. Mm. Moving right along, NFC beast, east, least, or ish. <laughs> not sure what the hell we're going to see this year, but I do not believe that the Giants will touch the Chiefs. I do not believe that the Eagles will touch the Chiefs. So there you go, 2-0 right off the bat. The football team is an interesting defensive matchup to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think they have plenty of success, but that game is played in Washington off of a Sunday night football game. So could potentially even be looking past that game to play the Titans in Tennessee once again. I'm not too certain, but that one leaves a little bit of a question mark in my mind, but I'll give them the win nonetheless. And then also the Cowboys kind of leave a little bit of a question mark. I know the defense might be questionable, but man, that game could very well end (laughs) 38-35, one flip of the coin. And I think that's, if Dak stays healthy, uh, I think that's going to be the story of the entire Cowboys offense this year. So, one way or another, they either lose to the boys or lose to the football team. Once again, I'll go 3-1 and one in the NFC each. I think we're right in line, man. I want to say 4-0, and oh, but kind of like you said, Washington's defense, I am a huge, huge supporter of them this year. Yeah. I want to edge it to the Chiefs, but then again... I, you know, I'm echoing almost exactly what you're saying, so I won't even dive into it. The Giants game in Arrowhead on Monday night is going to just be an absolute massacre on live television, so I, I feel bad for Giants fans in Week 8 there. That's not even fair. Uh, no, it's not. And then in Week 4, going into Philly, I think they smoked the Eagles too. So I will say 3-1 and one, one way or another right with you. Either the, sk- uh, ooh, excuse me, either the football team or the Cowboys get that win. <laughs> almost oh, slipped up there. Almost almost there. Slipped there. Ah, I see what you almost did there. Uh, that being said, Three remain, the Bills, the Titans, and the Packers. The Bills is the hardest game for them. Well, it's actually right in line with Baltimore. Um, the, the hardest games on their schedule. I th- Ooh, That's in Arrowhead. That's going to be one of their most important early season games. They're going to need to get that win. I'll say that they get that W. Um just right off the bat, man, and I just don't feel really super-duper safe about it. They're only four-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, we'll talk about that here in a bit, but, ah, I mean, that could that could very well be a shootout and end in a field goal one way or another once again. So I'll give them that game. Uh, the Titans, I'll give them that one as well. And then the Packers, I got to give them that one as well. The Packers just haven't had success against the Chiefs. I mean, it, it just hasn't been able to get the dubs when they needed it. So, Leaning, I'll go three and zero oh in the remaining three outside because they need them. Okay, uh, I am gonna give the Chiefs the win over the Bills. 
Uh, you know, last year, Chiefs played him once regular season, once in the playoffs, did not have too many problems with them. I think it'll be closer. I think that I really like the Bills. I think that Browns game is the toughest matchup on the schedule, either the Browns or the Packers, honestly, and obviously I'm biased in that one. Uh, I just think they have the right matchup the Chiefs do for the Ravens and Bills, so I will give them the win over the Bills. I will also give them the win over Tennessee. I think the Chiefs have the right, uh, yeah, I think it's a bad offense, bad defensive matchup, excuse me, for the Titans. Um, I mean, the Packers and Chiefs haven't played too much lately, so I'm not, uh, two years ago it was without Mahomes and the Packers won, so it's tough to draw any conclusions on that one. Uh, it's impossible for me to stay unbiased on that game. It is just absolutely un- impossible, but since there's three very tough games, I will say two and one, one way or another whether it's the Bills, Titans, or Pack. But uh, I'm leaning on uh, being the Pack, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm unbiased on that one. For sure. I probably could have taken those words right out of your yeah. mouth. I thought that uh, I thought off the top of my head that the Chiefs and Packers had played more recently than that. Not but, too much, uh, no. All right, for sure. Well, then uh, never mind my statement there. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a shootout, the old dog. Uh, I think it's going to be a game and a half. You know, that's what I think so, too. Uh, that's And I have no feelings whatsoever. I actually have shitty feelings for the Packers. Screw them and everything they're about coming into 2021 for my Bears in the NFC North. But my unbiased NFL analyst hat, yeah, I think that's going to be a shootout and a half. So might edge it to 2-1 and one for me, but I'm going to stick 3-0. and oh. If you're with me, you're at 14-3. and three. If you're with Mags, started off in the uh, AFC West, you are at 13-4. and four. So either way, that creates a little bit of a dilemma for us because we'll talk about it shortly in the betting preview. The win total right now is set at 12.5 wins. So I think I've mapped out five losses. Sorry. You mapped out five losses. What did uh, two, you go? Four and two, three and one, three and one, two and one. Oh, you went uh, two and one. I apologize. Yep. So yeah, it's 12 and five. Uh, any opportunity you get, got to get me corrected. Appreciate it. 12 and five. All right. So, either way, uh, well, then that puts you in even more of a dilemma if you are with Mags (laughs) because the win total is at 12.5. So, we'll talk about uh, that win total here in just a minute in the betting preview. We obviously have plenty to discuss, and I'm honestly not in love with my 14-3 and prediction, to tell you the truth, either. So, let's keep it rocking and rolling, put a cap on top of the schedule breakdown here. Last but certainly not least, courtesy of the guys over at SFA, um, the rest and prep inequalities. Now, the Chiefs, as if they needed any type of, of advantage whatsoever, they got it in this department. They only play two opponents that have over a week to prepare for them and play four opponents that have less than a week to prepare for them. So Yahtzee in that department only play one time where they have a rest disadvantage and play five times where they have a rest advantage. Yahtzee once again, and they only play one short week road game and only play one game off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football. So not terrible there. That's probably their worst inequality, but across the board, it looks very simple from as far as being prepared or having a rest advantage, rest disadvantage. They look to be in good shape, and uh, as like I said, as if they needed one more advantage, no. <laughs> the Chiefs got it in that department once again. So there you go. There you have it. Everything, in our opinions, um, just to put a cap on it, compared to uh, 2020, going to be a much easier schedule across the board, um, as if last year was even hard at all. The NFC South was a lot better. Uh, AFC East obviously had some fighting teams, scrapping teams in there, and then they played the uh, the Ravens and the Texans. 
So I think it's going to be just a little bit easier for him this year, especially with the improvements. But uh, it's definitely going to be some doggone shootouts. There is no question about that in my mind. Right. So there you go. There you have it. Last but certainly not least, uh, actually, there's nothing remaining in regards to the schedule. Let's get it into the third segment of today's show, the entire betting preview. As always, I will get things kicked off here. We got to talk about 2020 and how they did overall against some key numbers and what we might think we see from them in 2021. Overall, the Kansas City Chiefs against the spread, against the number in 2020. They were 6 and 10 ATS and 14 and 2 straight up. So a little bit of something for you to think about there. Before I get into that, they were favored by an average line of seven and a half. Them not covering those lines got a little little bit less respect from the books. They are now only favored by 6.4 points in 2021. However, they are favored in 16 out of their 17 games, and then the one pick them in week two against Baltimore. Now back to that 2020 ATS record, once again, 6-10 and 10 ATS and 14-12 and 12 straight up. So had some problems covering those big spreads, and they were in a lot of shootouts. And per us, what we're thinking, they're in a lot of shootouts once again. As a favorite, they were 5-9 and nine ATS, and as a dog, they were 1-1 one one ATS. At home, in Arrowhead, 3-5 and five ATS, but 6-2 and two straight up. As a home favorite, 3-4, and four, and as a home pooch, 0-1. On the road, they were also three and five against the number, but eight and zero oh straight up. Two and five as a road favorite, and one and zero oh as a road dog. So overall, not very good against the number, and we'll talk about it here in the weekly lines portion. But I also think that this could be the same story here in 2021. I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts in the books can't price the games at three and four they just can't do it everybody and their dogs would be taking the chiefs at that point so they they do it for a reason and you know the chiefs probably have a very successful year but if as far as against the number goes i'm not too certain that they have that much success in 2021 but we'll talk about it yeah it's gonna be interesting if i'm remembering correctly and looking at their schedule I think the end of their season, second half, is when they they really fell off a cliff as far as ATS. I believe they started off like five and two or six and two or something like that because their last eight games, whether they won seven of eight of them, but even those seven wins were all by one score or you know even one point two points. So I, you know, not disagreeing with that that's going to be the same because I think it could be. Um, but it was just an interesting story last year when that offensive line went down. They started having those closer games. They lost week 17, obviously, was without Mahomes. But, uh, you know, I think I think we're going to see a lot of the same, but there still might be some spots where they might blow some of these teams out. I would have to agree with you. And uh, just to put some backing behind your words there, uh, I had them right in front of me. They went 6-2 and two ATS in their first eight games, Sheesh. closed out the season going 2-9 and nine ATS right. their last 11, including playoffs as well. So... Definitely some validity to that. Uh, obviously, the injuries played a lot of factor into them covering those numbers. But still, think they're going to be in some shootouts and some of those bigger numbers might be hard for them sure. to cover once sure, again. Sure. As far as game totals from 2020 go, they had an average line of 51.6. And wouldn't you know it coming into 2021, they once again have an average line of 51.6. So if that tells you anything, kind of to back up what I'm saying... I think it's going to be some more shootouts, high-scoring affairs once again this year. 
As far as their over-under record, however, though, not much you can draw from it. The Chiefs were 7-7-2 over-under on the 2020 season, 4-3-1 and and to the over at home, 4-3-1, or I'm, I'm sorry. Let me restart. 4-3-1 to the under at home and 4-3-1 to the over on the road. As a favorite, this does include playoffs. They were 9-8 to the under. And as a dog, they were 1-1 straight up over under. So across the board, nothing you can really draw out of that. Nothing you can really say. And it's going to come down once again this year who that opponent is. Mm -hmm. Is that opponent going to be able to score enough against them to push that total way over be those 30 to 30 games or is it going to be a 40 to nothing chiefs blowout right it's really going to depend and it's going to be a very precise spot if you're going to want to play game totals once again here for the chiefs in 2021 that all being said you love a teaser i love a teaser he loves a teaser we all wake up on sunday mornings looking who we can add to a teaser and i tell you what the kansas city chiefs might just continue to be one of those teams six seven and ten point teasers 11 and 5 11 and 5 and 14 and 2 respectively so as i always say you're trying to find that extra leg for that 10 point teaser and you want to get it right over to the plus odds the chiefs look to be that team you probably should target that all being said that does it for 2020 let's move into 2021 come back from the past okay dive in to the future 2021 is looking pretty similar across the board uh, from a weekly line standpoint. Uh, Let me dish those out for you guys once again, and then uh, I'll tell you some key numbers as I go through that are jumping out for you, and then uh, we'll just keep rocking and rolling. So I already told you they're favored by six and a half points in Arrowhead week one against uh, the Browns. It is a pick them in week two in Baltimore against the Ravens. Come in as seven and a half point favorites against the Chargers in Arrowhead week three, eight point favorites against the Eagles week four, four and a half point favorites against Buffalo in week five, six and a half point favorites against Washington football team in six, and then seven, eight, and nine. They are all favored once again, four and a half points against Tennessee, 10 points against the Giants, and seven points against the Packers. Then 10 and 11, right before their bye, favored once again, both by seven and a half points against Dallas, or yes, Dallas and the Raiders. And they have their bye week, week 12, already told you about that. Week 13, come out of that to play the Broncos as nine and a half point favorites, 10 and a half point favorites, then against the Raiders in Arrowhead, six and a half against the Chargers in week 15, and then close out the season, all favored again, 16, 17, 18. Eight and a half points against the Steelers, seven and a half against the Bengals, and three against the Broncos. Excuse me. Now, in my mind, there's not many that I am interested in taking. Probably the pick'em against Baltimore. I would take the points with Cleveland. I would probably take the points with the Chargers both times. Yep. Uh, being being taken the dog side, so I would take their points. I would take the plus seven and a half and the plus six and a half with the Chargers. I'm not afraid to take the seven and a half with Dallas. I'll back Dallas. I, you talked about it. The Raiders just appear to be this weird, bad offensive matchup and sometimes defensive matchup for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I would honestly take the ten and a half in Arrowhead and seven and a half in Allegiant. Give me both of those. Okay. I just think that these touchdown spreads. 
especially with what we know. They didn't lose anybody. Oh, they signed Patty Mahomes to the $500 million deal. He's the richest quarterback in the league. They're going to absolutely destroy it. There's no way that they don't beat every team by 14 points. They went 14-2 and last year. They're all healthy. You said it all. They're back to healthy now. End of the year, you can scrub all of that. ATS numbers, that was all because of line health. They weren't able to put up a bunch of points. I don't know. I think you could come up with a lot of reasons as to why they cover their, these numbers, yep. but I just think at the end of the day, it looms too large in my mind. They're just too doggone big for what I think this season is going to play out as a lot, a lot, a lot of shootouts because it's so hard to remain dominant in the NFL. I don't care if you keep around everybody. Right. Teams are going to adjust, right. most namely your division, and your division is going to bring in many defensive players. Why do you think the... Denver Broncos brought in Kyle Fuller, drafted Patrick Sertain, just so they could look pretty on the outsides? No, they're to put pressure on those wide receivers when they have to freaking play the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. These teams are building their defenses now, so I think this could be a bit of a struggle bus season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Whatever the hell struggling is for the Chiefs. For their standards, sure. For their standards is the exact way to put it. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Kind of some of the things jumping off the board. Anything jumping off the board of you, man? Yeah, I kind of echo a lot, especially a lot of the teams that you mentioned specifically. The couple that I will absolutely have, uh, you know, especially if these teams play out to how they, I think they will early on in the season. I have no fear taking the Chiefs against the Eagles or Giants, at least right now. Like I said, if either of those teams look a little different than I expect the first few weeks, I might have different feelings. But I'm kind of with you, man. A lot of these big spreads, I will be on the other side, most likely. I will say there are a few that have changed. Four games. Uh, Week one is down to minus six uh, in favor of the Chiefs. Week two, they are up to (laughs) minus one against the Ravens. Mm. Week five is actually down to minus three and a half against Buffalo. And then week eight is up to ten and a half against the Giants. So, I mean, I could expect, especially like I said, if the Giants come out the way I think they will, that spread could jump up to about minus 14 or somewhere around then. I might even still love it. But as you mentioned, there are just a lot of big, big spreads that, uh, you know, will they cover a few of them? Sure. But it's not going to be as easy as the, you know, the general public will make it think they are. Yeah, and don't be afraid to back some of these big big spreads. I know the Chiefs are it's, dominant. It's going to be scary. It is going to be, be scary. And they might come out firing on all cylinders sure. to start games. I, I will tell you that. But if you can look at a game and honestly say to yourself, yeah, this is going to be a shootout. There's no way this is not a shootout. You got to take those points, and especially closing out the season 6 and 10. I mean, I know they started hot, or closing out the season 2 and 9. I mean, I know they started hot, but... You can't put all of that on the fact that Patrick Mahomes was getting pressured. At some point in time, somebody else has got to step up. So there you go. There's the weekly betting lines going into 2021 and uh, some of our key thoughts behind those. As far as game totals go, uh, they have a low of 49 uh, against the Giants in week eight. That, in my mind, is obviously uh, the books thinking that the Giants are probably going to score zero yeah. to three points <laughs> and uh, potentially the Chiefs score 5,000. Yeah. So that'll probably be an under if I was a betting man. Um, and maybe not. Maybe the Chiefs cover it all by themselves. Yeah, I, don't I have know. no idea. I'd probably stay away. Uh, as far as low or high totals go, they do have a 54 and a half. Uh, that is against Buffalo in week five. A few 53 and a halfs, 52 and a halfs peppered in there. Most of them are right around that 50, 49 mark, 41 and a half mark. So. Those totals are always, it's going to depend on who the Chiefs are playing. I said it to you guys earlier, much just like I said with the Giants. If it's going to be a team that's not going to put up any type of touchdowns whatsoever, 
probably back the under, but then maybe again, take a look at that team's defense. Are the Chiefs going to put up 7,000 points right. and hit the over by themselves? It's just going to kind of be a toss up, especially with them going 7 7 and 2. I mean, uh, there was no yeah. trend at all there. So. As far as game totals go, I nothing really I can draw right off the bat, and it's going to depend week to week and opponent by opponent. Yeah, I'm right there with you. A couple teams like those Raiders games I could see going way over. Packers, Cowboys. Uh, you know, it might be a team like I was mentioning with my Packers. Uh, and speaking of that, in you know that game against the Giants. I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely destroy them. But like you mentioned, that could be the Giants putting up three or nothing. So maybe you want to look at the Chiefs team total because you think the Chiefs are absolutely going to dominate them from that aspect alone. Mm -hmm. Might be a little bit safer. So it might be a team week to week that uh, you want to key in on their team total. And it might be high, but, you know, this team is going to be high team total for a reason. So very, very true. Well, thank you for your insights there on the totals, my friend. Uh, Need some more insights from you. Way too early week one pick. They are back in Arrowhead Full Capacity Stadium. They welcome in the Brownies from Cleveland. Hosted the NFL draft this season. You know, the buzz is great Mm. in Cleveland. The buzz is going. Are you buying into said buzz? Are you think this defense is going to absolutely wreck any chances the Kansas City Chiefs have offensively in week one, or is this just going to be the same old song and dance and Patty Mahomes and the boys cover by a plus 10 margin? Are you taking the minus six with the Chiefs or plus six buying the points? With the Browns. I think I'm going with the Browns plus six. I think this is going to be a closer game. I think it's going to be a field goal game one way or another. Don't know that I'll be hammering in the Browns money line, although that might be enticing. I think I will stay away from that and take these six points because I think this defense just has the right recipe and that offense is going to be good enough. I mean, we've seen it. Obviously, it wasn't a total shootout in the playoffs, but 22-17 win for the Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes was a little banged up in that game, but nonetheless, I think it's going to be pretty similar, maybe a little bit higher scoring, but I think uh, you know a five-point Chiefs win, if they do get it, I think that's going to be the max that we see. So I will absolutely be hammering in the the uh, Browns week one. I'm siding with you there as well. I think the money line might even be the valuable play. I think it's going to be so high that it's going to be very, 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 very valuable. Um, I would also take the points, no question. I just think the more, from what I saw in preseason week one from that defense, and it's only going to continue to improve, I think that they're going to come out firing on all cylinders and even though this offensive line might be healthy, I think that they're going to get plenty of pressure to Pat. So Patrick, Patty, whatever you want to say. Um, so yeah, I would take the six and also I'd take a half unit sprinkle on the money line as well. I'm, not, I'm not afraid of that all at right. all. Okay. Way too early week one pick. There you go. We're taking the Browns plus six. All right. Well, we've come upon that time now officially. It's back to the season win total. Told you just a little while ago, it is set at 12 and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs. The over is at plus 120, and the under is at minus 140. I'll let you be the judge of that extremely fishy-ass line, mm-hmm. but I will tell you where I'm lying. Scratched out 14 and 3. Um... I honestly think that they should be able to do that. But I'm really not interested in taking that over at plus 120. I mean, that is just a setup and a half if yeah. I've ever seen it. Too that is to way true. too easy. It's too good to be true. But I'm also not overly confident in taking an under at minus 140. I mean, granted, it could end right at 12, but 
I'm not very interested in that either. So this is one I'm going to pass on completely because I think the books are, number one, have this set perfectly, and number two, are setting these lines as a complete trap. They know something we don't, and I'm going to stay back from the uh, Chiefs 12.5 season win total. Yeah, I'm echoing a lot of what you're saying. And this, honestly, this pricing is kind of what enticed me to kind of be nitpicky on their schedule and map out 12 wins for them. Because, yeah, like you said, it is too easy, too good to be true. And, you know, if the books really thought the Chiefs were going to cover that, they would not put it at plus 120. And as you mentioned, you aren't ha- uh, hammering in minus 140. I don't know anyone in their right mind that would go out of their way, especially the two-time defending AFC champion, to hammer in the minus 140. If this was concluding tomorrow, I would hammer it in, but I've got no interest in waiting four or five months to get a payout uh, with fractions coming in on what my investment is. So 100%. As you said, I am staying away, even though I this fishy line screams hammer it in. You know, there's just the value still isn't there. So fuck you to the books. You got us. And if, for those of you who hammered this over already, uh, I'm rooting for you. Rooting I really you. am. But uh, <laughs> I, I, that's kind of, yeah, like I said, it's why I was nitpicky on their schedule and mapped out those five losses. Yeah. Um, that being all said, you know, both of us were staying away from it in general. So I, I think I got to stay away from any alternate line value as well. Sure. It's just way too close to call. You can go through and look through those. I'm not going to waste time going sure. through them because it does not even bear mentioning. There is, I just do not think there is a smart way to play the Chiefs season win right. total because they honestly, too, could suck a fat one and go eight and nine. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, but it's also very extremely possible any given Sunday. I, I You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know what I saw in the Super Bowl. I know that defenses improve year over year over year, and teams aren't gonna teams teams are gonna know what. Obviously, the Chiefs are gonna be smart, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's any smart way to play it. So. I, I, I think they're gonna be hammered in right at 12 wins, and when it's all said and done, because I don't like you said, I I have no interest in a, under 11 and a half because one way or another they're gonna get to right at 12 wins, and and at least in my opinion, so. Give it, get us out of here. <laughs> regardless of what they do with the season win total, uh, books are still very confident that the Chiefs are going to make another repeat to the NFL playoffs. Right. Uh, yes, right now is at minus 1,200. No at plus 680. I mean, if you want to try and give a big middle finger to the Chiefs, go ahead and play the no, that plus 680, but there's no value on that. There's no reason to even waste time on that nope. one. As far as the division, conference, and Super Bowl 56 go, um... I don't know how fishy this is either because we've talked about it time and time again. And in future bets, when there is a substantial favorite on a future bet, it's like, why in the world would you take that? Why would they give you minus money on a bet that is on a complete future and looms very, very large? Why would I put any type of money on that? Well, that whole storyline looms large into the AFC West picture. The Chiefs are at minus 290 to win the AFC West. Uh, That obviously is first place overall. I'm not making a play on that. No. There's obviously no value on that. Obviously, I think it's priced accurately, but something could happen, and I never like taking favorites, those big of favorites at least on a future bet. Yeah, even if I was supremely confident, I'm not taking uh, minus 290 on a favorite. I've mentioned it all throughout the season previews. Uh, you know, Both of us are pretty high in the Chargers. I'm not saying the Chargers snag them for the division, but it's at least a possibility. Uh, and yeah, there's just no damn value, even if you're supremely sure. confident in this one. 
Yes, sir. And to put a cap on that, uh, as far as conference Super Bowl and division, uh, conference for the AFC, they are plus 250. That is first right now. Obviously, I hate taking future bets that are first, but they got a solid chance to make it back to the Super Bowl once again. And Super Bowl 56, their first as well, plus 500. If ever there was a time for them to get it done, it's now while Mahomes is on the last year of his rookie deal. Mm -hmm. So they got to get it done now or never. Accurately priced, they should. But once again, I don't like taking number one overall future back. So I'm going to stay away from this one as well. Yeah, for what you said, it would that would be the only reason that might make me consider hammering these in. This being that this is, uh, their window is going to be open for obviously Mahomes' whole career. But this might be the biggest that their window will be open. But at plus 250 and all these other really good teams in the AFC, I just don't like that pricing. I think it's adequately priced. I mean, you can hammer in the Chiefs for either of these bets and feel pretty damn confident that you're going to win that bet. But at the end of the day, I would want that to go a little bit higher just because there's so many doggone good teams that can knock them off on, uh, you know, like you said, on any given Sunday, especially in January. So get me out of these two as well. So how about some side bets? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is at number one overall to win the MVP in 2021 at plus 500 odds right behind or right in front of rather your man Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers to repeat more than I do uh, Patrick Mahomes to have a MVP season. I think it's going to be a great season, but I don't think he's going to be the MVP of the league. That being said, there also is a very valuable play that I think you can target on Patrick Mahomes, and that might be the most passing touchdowns. He's been there, if not uh, right there, every right. single year he's been in the league so far. It's at plus 310. So I think, man, that might be the most valuable one. I would have to say I'm staying away from the MVP, but I would definitely have a little sprinkle on the most passing touchdowns from Mahomes. Yeah, if I had to take one, that might be the one that I'm most interested in. Uh, as far as MVP, I I could absolutely see Patrick Mahomes being the guy. But again, plus 500 for a future like that with guys like Rodgers. Dak coming back, we laid out his path. Josh Allen could be in for a nice boost in him, his own right. So I'm going to stay away from that one as well. I'm going to stay away from the most pass touchdowns, but I do kind of like it. Uh, you know, kind of how we mapped out with Dak Prescott. If he's healthy, there's just so many bad passing defenses that he's facing. So I could really see him being the one that stands on top there. But I do like it at plus 310. I could see him having north of 50 once again. So if he does cash that bet for us, he's going to need a few guys in his supporting cast to have quite a few of those touchdowns. So most receiving touchdowns this season, Travis Kelsey is first overall at plus 850, and fifth overall is Tyreek Hill at plus 950. I think Kelsey is a little bit too obvious, but definitely maybe worth a sprinkle. And then Hill, I think he gets the bulk of the touchdowns, the bulk of the workload from... Patrick Mahomes this year so he would be my choice out of those two I know you didn't really look into that one partner you have any way you would side one way or the other uh if I had to side I would probably side with Kelsey uh you know I didn't write that one down because I already mentioned uh with the Packers one I have already hammered in uh Devontae Adams to be the one most receiving touchdowns I believe he at the time we were recording maybe it's changed he was tied for first at plus 850 with Kelsey um both of these guys certainly have value I just personally think Devontae Adams is going to be uh standing on top of this uh, this board for this one. I got you. Well, there you go. There you have it. Already told us something you've hammered in in the old bets list. Yes, sir. One final one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes passing yards this year. I'm uh, I'm kind of indifferent on this one. It's set right at five thousand and one half yard. He could go over. I think it stays under. I think he's around a 4,700 yard, forty eight hundred yard season. But 
I'm not willing to put any type of money whatsoever okay. on that uh, with Mahomes passing yards. I do like his touchdowns a lot better, though. Okay. I uh, Yeah, I was on the fence on this one. I wrote it down because I you know it was right at 5,000. Sparks in this interesting conversation. He was right around 4,700 last year. Second place behind Deshaun Watson. You know, like I said with Dak Prescott, I think he's going to be in that conversation. If you're going over, I'm wondering if the more valuable valuable play is him to have the most passing yards, which is right around plus 300. So I'm not sure what you're thinking on that one. Um, I could see him going over this. Uh, like you, I will stay away. And I might be more interested in the most passing yards at plus 300. What about you on that one? Uh, most passing touchdowns at plus 300, we would both be more interested in. And passing yards, we would like to pass on, correct? Is that what you? I'm meant? asking you if you know. No, but you said you would be more interested in the most passing yards, but you'd be interested more interested as opposed in the to the over under. If I was, ah, I yeah, got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think, regardless any of that, I don't. I don't think Mahomes is going to touch the most passing okay. yards. I really don't think that's that's the value play. I really okay. think the passing touchdowns would be the value play, if anything. But I don't know. I'm not the biggest. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of all across the boards, especially. All right, this is going to be the fourth year we're seeing this now, and okay, it That's should fair. just be cookies and everything. Yeah. So I, you know, just being favorites and you know trends. trends I don't like trends, yeah. Trends. I don't so love I'm, any of them enough. No, I don't either. I'm going to stay away from all of them in general. But my favorite out of the lot would be Patrick Mahomes' most passing touchdowns at plus three ten. I think I agree with you. There is the entire betting preview, uh, weekly lines, game totals, our thoughts, opinions, some additional side bets, everything for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Let's wrap it up. Fourth and final segment of the day. Start, stash, or pass our best fantasy advice. Pardon, I'll kick things off. Uh, passing it on over to you right off the bat. Quarterback position, quarterback room, Patrick Mahomes, and Chad Henney. Are you going in your draft to get your hands on them? And if you do get your hands on them in your draft, are you starting, stashing, or passing on them altogether? Yeah, you know, I'll have to start Patrick Mahomes. You know, this guy's got a lot of potential. Uh, no, in all seriousness, typically not falls into my draft strategy, as I've mentioned, these top five quarterbacks. But obviously, if, uh, you know, if I had my hands on him, I'm absolutely starting him. He was number four quarterback last year. Don't see any way if he's healthy that he doesn't finish in the top five, if not higher. So give me all that action. No handcuffing with Chad, Chad Henney as well. I agree with you on both of those. Uh, I would pass on Henny, and then as far as uh, Mahomes goes, I do not believe that I'll be able to get him on my team. I don't want to say he'll be overdrafted, but he will most likely be one of the first quarterbacks off the uh, board. Correct. So I'm not entirely certain where he goes, but I don't think I'm going to get my hands on him. By perchance, I do. He's definitely QB1 starter material, no question. Running back room, uh, it's going to be a three-man backfield. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, CEH, we will call him, and Jarek McKinnon, and then Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams looked to be the number two back. Um, CEH, I think he's going to get overdrafted this year. I'm not too certain that we see his production in, in receiving tick up or really his goal line touchdowns tick up. That's, that's his biggest question marks right now. And I don't know if we really do truly see them as good of a coach as Andy Reid is as good of a coordinator as Eric Bieniemy is. I don't know that we see that uptick. So for me, I think he gets capped as an RB2. I definitely think he is worth seeing in your draft, trying to pick up in your draft, but I think that he gets way overdrafted, and I think you can get at least 20 running backs before you have to look at CEH in any capacity. 
if you're hurting, Darrell Williams from week to week is worth a solid flex stash uh, just in case he does hawk that goal line work from CEH. Hell, Andy Reid might even have seen that that was such a problem for CEH that he might just keep him completely off the field in those right. situations and give him all to Darrell Williams. I don't know if that's what's going to happen for sure, but at the most, I would pass on uh, Daryl Williams in your draft and potentially uh, keep a flag on him, or if you're just filling a roster spot, have him for uh, later on if anything happens. Then uh, J- Jared oh, McKinnon, <laughs> I'm uh, passing on him altogether. Don't need anything in uh, regards to that. Really hasn't had a great fantasy year since he was in Minnesota, and that was quite a while ago. Right. So that's my thoughts on the RB room, partner. Are you starting stashing or passing any three of these guys? Uh, those last two guys, McKinnon and Williams, I will pass on just because of the in- inconsistency, not only from those guys, wherever they have been, but also the inconsistency of the second and third Chiefs running backs altogether. As you mentioned, I love what you said about Williams being a potential you know, plug and play if you're desperate, uh, because typically at least one of these uh, backup running backs does find some work throughout the season and has a nice week. So I am interested in that aspect. Like what you said about CEH, he was one of my bigger disappointments that I've had in recent years. Uh, finished as a number 22 running back. I think he gets back into that top 20, but I drafted him way too high. I was buying uh, buying into it, coming into that offense, and then obviously they pick up Le'Veon Bell, and CEH's snap count went way down, so I think we see an uptick uh, back into the closer to 70% snap count for him this year, so I think that's why I have him in the top 20. Uh, as you mentioned, I don't think he's going to be a uh, killer in the passing game. I do think he improves a tiny bit, but it was so frustrating watching this Chiefs offense move down the field, get into the goal line, or get into those tight third down situations whenever they would have him and try to see him burst through that line, and it just didn't happen. And I do not see any improvement from that. And like you said, they will bring in somebody else if it ain't working. So I will start him. Like you said, I don't know where he falls in drafts, but I will definitely start him as a running back two or a flex if I've got him. Agreed with you once again. Uh, We're pretty much on the same page as we were on the quarterbacks, as we are on the running backs. As for the wide receivers, uh, I think Tyreek Hill finishes well within the top three wide receivers from a fantasy perspective this year. Um, If some of the really top-notch, high-level running backs are gone, definitely target him as your wide receiver one. I will start him as my wide receiver one if I can get my hands on him. Uh, Mikol Hardman, uh, flex play for me, potential to get into the wide receiver three category, but right now just a flex play. I don't know what you're going to get week to week, and more often than not, it's going to be seven points or less. Uh, Pretty much the same for Demarcus Robinson. I'm going to I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass actually on both of those guys for now, Hardman and Robinson. I'm going to keep a flag on them just to see, or I might even put them on my bench just in case. I'm kind of in between that pass and stash. <laughs> right. If, if there's a happy medium between that, sure. I just don't know if we see that improvement, especially on those deep balls from those guys. Obviously, that's no problem from Hill, but it has been a problem in the past for the other receivers in this course. So. Across the board, we'll see what happens. I don't know, but I'm going to stash pass on Robinson and Hardman right now. And then obviously, if I can get my hands on Hill, I will 100% start him as my wide receiver one with upside. Yeah, I'll save a little bit of time. I'm taking Hill if I can get him later in the first round uh, and yeah, obviously beyond that. And of course, he's my number uh, wide receiver number one if I've got him. I'm going to pass on the other two, three guys, however you want to sprinkle them in, just because of the sheer inconsistency. You know, typically at least one of these guys has a good week, week to week, but it's such a drop in the bucket. You're throwing a dart at the wall when you're trying to pick one of these other guys to be the one that has a big week. And I don't like doing that, so I will pass on the whole lot of them outside of Tyreek Hill. 
All right. Well, you kind of shifted me a little bit more over to the past side of things. So uh, I would have to agree with all of your statements there as well. And then tight ends. uh, Looks like it's probably only going to be Kelsey you're going to have to worry about. My opinion finishes TE1 overall this year. Maybe TE2. Uh, It'll kind of be the battle between him and Kittle. Might even be Waller, too. I think it'll be those three guys once again, no problem. So I have no problem uh, if it is time for you to get a tight end. Every other skill position, the top elite guys are gone. You need a number one tight end. Definitely uh, TE1 for me, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'll take him. This has been one of the interesting spots here for tight ends because, as I've mentioned before, and you just mentioned a couple of the other guys, there's that cream of the cop cream of the crop tier of tight ends, and then it really falls off. So you really have to be very cognizant about where you're drafting these tight ends, making sure you're not overdrafting them, but also not behind the barrel and getting one of these number 10 to 12 range tight ends that aren't as consistent. So absolutely, I'm starting him. I'm curious as to see where he's growing in drafts because I typically don't like to overdraft tight ends uh, in the first five or so rounds. I like to wait on him, but like I said... I don't know, man. I don't like a lot of the depth at tight end position, so maybe this is the year where I reach a little bit and grab one of these top three, four guys here. Quite possibly. I don't think I get my hands on him, but once again, tight end one, startable every single week, no question. Uh, Kicker, Harrison Butker. Oh, yeah, man. If you need a kicker spot, definitely pick up Harrison Butker. He is worthy of that uh, starting kicker position if he's still hanging around by the time it's time for you to draft one of them. And then the defense. Um, as far as the defense goes, I would pass on them out out of the gates on the draft. I want to see a little bit from them as far as what we generate from the front seven seven in the uh, rushing or in the pressure department. And then also, is this secondary going to live up to my projections? Are they going to be that top fifteen, top ten secondary in the league? Or are they going to middle around twenty to twenty five all year? I need to see that before, but I will waste a red flag on them and uh, keep them in my watch list just in case they could be a streaming option some point down the road. Yeah, I've got uh, mostly the same statements here. Number 15 defense last year. I think they finished right in that range. There might be a couple spots that you can find them. But I mean, as we've talked about this team, because of their offense, they're just going to be in a lot of shootouts, going to give up a lot of points. So you might have a week where you think they have a solid matchup, but you know, just based off how many points they give up, you might be in a tough spot and getting some actual fantasy points. So I will be passing on them all together and maybe I'll scoop them up for a certain matchup here and there throughout the year. There you go. There you have it. All of our best fantasy advice. That's every single positional grouping you can possibly have on your team. Uh, Outside of that, not a whole hell of a lot else to cover. So we've done it all. We hit uh, the lineup, offense, defense, coaching staff. We hit the full schedule. We did our entire betting preview and then uh, just gave you our best fantasy advice and start stash or pass. So if you missed any of it, it'll be there all the way to and through the NFL season. You need some uh, extra advice, trends, analysis, insights, everything in between. Scroll on back, rewind the old tape, rewatch it, and get your brain filled with knowledge. That all being said, let's put an official cherry on top of the Sunday that has been the Kansas City Chiefs season preview. As always, Dandy Reed, Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnolo, the entire Kansas City Chiefs organization, Patrick Mahomes, CEH. Hope you see some solid improvements going into your season. Uh, Patty Mahomes, you don't need them as much of those wishes. Everybody else that I left out, uh, those were the main guys we talked about, though. Hope you have a terrific 2021 season. As anticipated, we'll probably see you in the playoffs. 
maybe even Super Bowl 56. But just because we're kind, as always, good luck and Godspeed. All right, my friends, that does it officially for the Kansas City Chiefs full season preview. All right. Wrapped up a little bit early, trying to get out of here by 1130. Partner, before we do so, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul, you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 105 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 18th, 2021. All right, so this offense has been pretty gaudy the last few years, and typically I like to do, uh, if it's applicable, some updates on where these guys rank in the all-time ranks, but these guys are still pretty young, and they've got a ways to go. Are they on pace to get up into that top tier? Yeah, absolutely. But as far as the Chiefs organization themselves, Mr. Patty Mahomes, Patrick, I apologize, that is already, he is already the number three Chiefs quarterback as far as passing touchdowns all-time. Probably going to be number two within the first couple of weeks, uh, and then he's still got a few more years to go. Only 237 touchdowns to be number one. So not a huge number there uh, compared to some other franchises in the league. So he will be there in no time. Travis Kelsey, second in Chiefs history in yards behind Mr. Tony Gonzalez, and he actually ain't that far away from passing uh, passing over one of the all-time greats. Uh, Travis has 7,881 yards. Uh, Tony's got 10,940. Obviously, he had a nice little career with the Falcons after that, but still not too far away. And Travis has got a pretty significantly higher yards per game number. So he could be in the top spot there. Uh, if he keeps up this production, he will absolutely be there in three seasons. And uh, if he's got a couple monster seasons in him, he could pass him up in two, two and a half here. So. Nice little update there, but uh, some legends in past that these guys could be passing up in no time, partner. Well, you heard it here first. Little did you know the current Chiefs lineup is quickly entering themselves into the GOAT conversation. And the greatest of all time, not only across the NFL, but most certainly in the Chiefs kingdom. Oh, yeah. Both Travis Kelsey, well, not both. Travis Kelsey at second all-time on the list, and Patty Mahomes third at all-time in his list, respectively. So, looking forward to 2021, seeing if those boys can make a little bit of a move on some of those numbers. But as always, partner, thank you very much for your sidebar. All of that being said, a couple of quick reminders. Make sure you stop by this episode's description if you haven't already. Hit that Linktree link you see down there. You'll see the Talking the Line website, all of our social platforms, and additional content. So you can get access to that whenever you want. All one central location. We make it super easy for you. Outside of that, we're still cashing tickets. MLB tickets are making it to the window left, right, and center. You want to get our best bets of the day. You can get them on the Action Network app. You can find mine at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley's is at RMAGS in all caps. Once we get back to business as usual, the Talking the Line best bets are at Talking the Line. Obviously, I know very hard to remember there. We're also working with another app that I've been uh, test driving here recently. I have been really enjoying that, so we'll be bringing that to you very soon. Um, It's going to be one way not only for you guys to track our plays, but also other ways for you guys to bet, communicate with us, 
uh, different things like that. So can't wait to roll that out to you guys, uh, partnering with an absolutely electrifying company. So can't wait to tell you about that. And then also make sure uh, you stop by TalkingTheLine.com. That's today's best bets tab. You're able to bet right on your favorite sports book from our website. So you can check out all of our best bets. Click on the Teams icon and it'll take you right to the page. And it'll show you every one of your favorite sports books. And you pick which one that you typically use. Super easy. Check out all of our picks there. We're still cashing tickets. I went 6-3-1 and one yesterday, partner. You two went 2-2. Two. Two and two. Either way, hey, not uh, not bad going nope. break even. Um so across the board, we're doing uh, pretty solid. Uh, outside of that, quick little peruse here. No other updates, announcements. We'll have some uh, new updates for you here soon in regards to the new show. But nothing uh, quite as of yet. Looks like my partner might have got his eyes on some breaking news. Uh, just some uh, small baseball updates. If you saw the injury or the line drive that Chris Bassett took off the face last night, uh, turns out he's got a, just some minor injuries. Could have been much, much worse. So prayers up for him. Uh, but uh, going to undergo surgery, cheek fracture, no damage to his vision or no other head injuries. So I would say that's about uh, best case scenario considering what we saw on the field last night. Most definitely. And if you missed it, uh, serious T's and P's to Chris Bassett, but uh, put it out on our Twitter page. So even more reason for you to follow us on Twitter. We're always into the latest and greatest in the sports world and sports gambling world. So make sure you follow us there. That way you never miss out on any important stuff like that again. But let's get into the final closing portion of the day you guys give us your hard-earned time your effort your energy your support you share that with us so it's only right that i pay that back to you guys with my motivation minutes short one for you today my friends um kind of something for you to think about something for you to do something to reflect on not a whole lot that i gotta say because it's kind of blunt and straight to the point Stop taking life so seriously. Your problems are not that important, and not everybody needs to know about them. I know that might hurt somebody's feelings right off the bat, but we all have problems. We all go through them. You don't have to put them all out on social media and share them with every single person you come in contact for that day. Sometimes you might have to internalize some things and work on them yourself. But that's besides the point. Stop taking life so seriously. Stop worrying about everybody else's problems. Stop worrying about how everybody else's issues might affect, of impact your life when they're not. Stop playing the, for, the, the tape forward as to how somebody's problems could get into your life or how you could fix somebody else's problems. They're not your problems. Leave them alone. Stop taking life so seriously. And my challenge to you today, in correlation with stopping taking life so seriously, is to find areas that you can apply that in your life. Where are you going just a little bit over the top? Where are you so invested in, but it, in the scope of the world, it really doesn't matter that much? Where do you spend so much of your time? Do you jump on social media first thing in the morning and you got to get loaded in with all the negativity and news and everything possibly that you can so you can spew that back out on everybody else and, and it's such a serious problem we have going on. Are you that person or... Do you spread the positivity? Do you spread the light? Are you the beacon in the darkness that we find ourselves in from time to time? I challenge you guys to just stop taking life so seriously. Wear it like a loose garment. Let it flow on you. Let it just happen. 
Stop trying to force yourself into situations and force this life to work out the way you want it to because it's never going to. It's always going to work out how it wants to and you just have to roll with the punches. And another thing I wanted to challenge you guys to do today and will quite possibly help you stop taking life so seriously. Stop worrying about everybody else's issues. Stop worrying about your putting your issues on everybody else and realize how small you are in this world. Take a minute to bask in the sheer magnitude of our planet. We live on a floating rock in the middle of nothing. We live in a floating rock in the middle of nothing. Your problems are not that important. My problems are not that important. The fact that our Earth stays in enough balance to not get randomly sucked into some other stratosphere and we're all deleted off the face of the Earth like that every single day is a miracle in and of itself. Stuff is so in balance on our planet that if it is off by a 0.0001 decimal, we're all dead. That's no joke. That is how precious this planet is and how serious you need to stop taking life we're on a floating rock my friends <laughs> it's gonna happen how it's gonna happen and how we could wake up tomorrow and our floating rock is gone that's just the point blank honest truth so stop taking life so seriously stop running yourselves or tying yourselves in knots and filling yourself with anxiety with stuff that in the scope of world problems is that big. So I challenge you today, my friends, take some time to bask in the magnitude of our planet, where we live, your life, the fact that you even have another opportunity. Stop taking life so serious. Because we all deal with stuff, we all struggle. And we're all going to get up and do it again tomorrow. <laughs> so stop taking it so seriously. Start smiling a little more. Stop la Start laughing a little bit more. And watch all the other areas of your life start to improve. That does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff as always, my man. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people that need to hear this. So many small examples that you could pinpoint and say, hey, man. You need to relax. It ain't that serious. And there's so many large examples that, you know, that advice in a less demeaning way uh, can really help someone's day. So, uh, yeah, there's so many just, just so many examples that you can apply this to. Yeah, that approach might uh, get someone to club you upside the head. Uh, just to, yeah. hey, relax. Well, I didn't it's mean, not you know that what I mean. Serious. I didn't mean literally saying <laughs> no. that. Yeah. I know. Just uh, maybe word from the wise. Maybe yeah. maybe don't approach somebody like that if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> hey, Cole told me not to take this life so seriously. Chill out, pal. <laughs> eh, I might not like that so much. Maybe approach it a little more gracefully. But yes, I am uh, 100% there with you, partner. Stop taking life so seriously, my friends. We all go through it. We all battle through it. And we're all going to get up and do it again tomorrow. So have some fun while you're doing it today. That officially does it. My motivation minutes. Let's put an official cap on episode number 105 of the Talking the Line podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Chiefs Kingdom fans. 
fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL betters, anybody I might have left out, far and wide from me and Max. Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day. Come and listen to us talk about the Chiefs, give you some of our knowledge, some of our insights in correlation with some additional insights, trends, and analysis. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your support, and it is only helping us to roll out new, bigger, and better content for you guys, and we cannot wait for some of the things that we have to announce on the horizon. As a reminder... Be sure to check out our best bets either on the Action Network app or at TalkingTheLine.com. You'll see them all there, and we cannot wait to meet you at the pay window. And then you'll be able to say with us, as always, let's cash some tickets.